It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right. Let's do it again here. Another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network for every single Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I'm talking Carolina Panthers with you right here on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. We've already gotten up to 100 subscribers, but we need more because we need everyone who's a Panther fan that goes on YouTube to be able to find this podcast. And if you don't watch the show on YouTube, and you're listening it to on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter. It's right there. If you're watching on YouTube, it's right freaking there. Follow me on Twitter, because every single Friday, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So you can either at me, at Julian Council, right there, or you can DM me. Right here, again, at Julian Council there on Twitter. Okay, so I brought it up. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. <laughs> Samuel Darnold is currently, well, I guess P.J. Walker's still here, but he's currently the only quarterback on the roster that has a realistic chance of being a starting quarterback in 2022 for the Carolina Panthers. And I guess there's still a thought out there that even though he has the 188 by $8 million cap hit that he's still not a realistic option for the Carolina Panthers. But I don't think that's the case because I really do think he has a chance to start in 2022. And could that actually be the best case scenario for the Carolina Panthers? And when I say the best case scenario, let's think about this, not necessarily the best case scenario, but the most realistic best case scenario for the Carolina Panthers. Because let's be honest with each other. Come on, let's be honest. I try to be honest with you. I want you all to be honest with me. Aaron Rodgers is probably not coming here. I know we got James Campen. He loves James Campen. It would make sense potentially to come to Carolina, but he also said he doesn't want to be a part of rebuild. This is a rebuilding situation still here in Carolina with the Panthers. The uh, Packers also, by the way, apparently rehired his former quarterback coach who is 68 years old. Do you think that man came out of retirement to coach Jordan Love? Probably not. And there's also been some rumors that Jordan Love might be up for a trade. Maybe that's something the Carolina Panthers should explore. Scott Fitter again in on every deal. There's a deal I want to talk about later on in the show, though. Russell Wilson. I don't see why he would leave Seattle. You got DK. You have Pete Carroll there. I know you guys have butted heads with the offensive philosophy. You also have Tyler Lockett. Why would he leave Seattle? Doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Deshaun Watson. Apparently his legal stuff, according to reports on Monday, might not be settled now until April 1st. Until that's settled. There's not really a conversation that needs to be had as it pertains to Deshaun Watson and how he can help a football team because he's accused of a lot of serious things. So get that figured out. Then maybe we can have the conversation about him coming to Carolina. Jimmy Garoppolo says he wants to go somewhere where people are trying to win. Uh, the organization is trying to win, rather. Is Carolina that organization? It could fit. It, I've said before that I think the most realistic scenario for the Carolina Panthers 
um, if they want to make that obvious upgrade at quarterback would be getting Jimmy Garoppolo because you know you can get to the playoffs with him if they're able to re-sign the free agents that they want to re-sign and sign the guys that are key free agents for them this upcoming offseason. I think with Garoppolo at quarterback, they can win. But we know what his ceiling is. Kirk Cousins, again, probably not going to come here. He has a no-trade clause. My buddy Matthew Collar, a Purple Insider, who was on the show about three, four weeks ago, we had a conversation with him about Kirk Cousins and where he would fit. And doesn't really sound like he fits here in Carolina. And he also has that massive cap hit. Same thing with Garoppolo. Do you want to take that on in a trade? So when you're looking at the upgrades that are out there, potentially, via trade, there just aren't a ton of them. And I go back to NFL Live, where you have former Jets general manager, um, Mike Tannenbaum. Ooh, good Lord. Uh, there's a reason why he's not in an NFL front office anymore. Yes, he has understanding of how the system works, and he certainly has a better eye for talent than I will ever have. But his record certainly does not make you believe that. He was on NFL Live last week talking about how the Carolina Panthers should sign Mitch Trubisky as competition for Sam Darnold. Okay, I've said this before. I'm, you guys know me. I'm a Carolina guy, UNC, love Trubisky. What did that one season for Carolina when he started, even the year before, when he was the backup to Marquise Williams, whenever he came in, good things happened. I liked Mitch Trubisky. I never thought, though, that he was the best quarterback in that class. He was never better than Deshaun Watson. Now, Mahomes did not expect him to be that good, but they made a mistake the Chicago Bears did. But he actually helped them win games, get to the playoffs. And Matt Nagy, who's recently been fired, was part of the problem there, as we found out in Chicago, and it wasn't just Mitch Trubisky. But the Carolina Panthers wanted to take a flyer on Mitch Trubisky. It should have been last year when the Buffalo Bills signed him to a, nick, a nickel to be the backup for Josh Allen. Instead, they traded for Sam Darnold. Like, if you wanted to run the risk, getting a former top three quarterback who you thought had potential as a young player, you should have taken one from Chicago who went to the playoffs twice and was never as bad as Sam Darnold has been. Now, I'm not going to get an argument and conversation whether Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky, who's better it doesn't matter because they're both not starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL, even though I'm willing to bias. I'm very biased in this, but I'm willing to bet that Mr. Bisky probably has a better chance of being a starting quarterback in the NFL than Sam Darnold has after four years of tape and knowing what Mitch has done before. And the fact that again, I'm kind of biased in this situation again, here, the honesty I'm trying to give y'all Carson Wentz, who apparently reportedly Chris Mortensen from ESPN.com is saying that Carson Wentz, the Colts are likely going to end that marriage after one miserable season at least wasn't miserable the whole time but in the end it didn't turn out to be where they wanted to go and Jim Ursay, the owner there in Indianapolis made it known much like last year with David Tepper made it known with Teddy Bridgewater that we got to get a new quarterback and I want a Lombardi trophy and Carson Wentz is not that guy I've already said last week hey you want to bring in Wentz who's actually had some pretty good success as a quarterback and has taken teams to the playoffs and helped them get to the playoffs and set the Super Bowl winning Eagles team in position to be the number one overall seed in the NFC that year where they could fill in with Nick Foles and go and win a Super Bowl, at least get to the Super Bowl. We didn't expect them to beat Brady and the Patriots that year. Like Wentz can be a better option than Sam Darnold. But here's the thing. The Carolina Panthers have so many needs that they need to fill here over the next couple of weeks that Focusing just on the quarterback doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's what got them in this position that they're in right now. We talked about this last week when David Tepper had the conversation apparently with Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football and NFL Network saying, oh, man, it'd be great to have one of these. And they're going to be aggressive in trying to find a quarterback. That's their aggressiveness landed them, Sam Darnold. And you can be aggressive if you want, but guys like Stafford have to want to come here. He didn't want to want to come here. You think Rodgers wants to come here? You think Russell Wilson wants to come here? Deshaun Watson, if he's available, do they want to come here? I don't know. Does even Garoppolo want to come here? And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be like, let's think about this critically. If Darnold comes back, 
He's got $18.85 million. Over the two years, $22 million, it made sense. And it stinks that he didn't work out, which I told you all, if you listen to me over a year ago, that it wasn't going to work out. Or I guess 11 months ago, whatever. It wasn't going to work out. Didn't work out. Okay. But we can possibly see a scenario where he can be better. Because I did not expect him to be that bad. I didn't expect him to be good. But I didn't think he was going to be that bad last year for the Carolina Panthers. The O-line didn't help him. Donald didn't help himself. The receivers, namely Robbie Anderson, didn't help him. And DJ Moore even had his moments where he dropped balls. And not having Chris McCaffrey did not help. There's a scenario this year. If they go all in on the offensive line, which they absolutely should, and DJ's back, who's just put up numbers no matter who's been throwing the football to him, whether it's been a broken Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, Will Greer, and an ill-fated start in New Orleans or against New Orleans and the Colts on the road, whether it's been Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker, the dude puts up numbers. I ain't worried about DJ. If DJ can come back, Robbie bounces back, Terrace Marshall can stay healthy, he can become that number three wide receiver that you need, Christian stays healthy. You get the offensive line and the defense. You're able to fill those holes, sign the right guys you want. This team can be okay. Like, their ceiling is not going to be very high with Sam Darnold at quarterback. But another year in a system, understanding maybe having some faith in this offensive line and some guys on the outside and having Christian there as a check down, that could be the best case scenario for Carolina. I know. I was reading ESPN.com. David Newton. I know. I know. I know how y'all feel about him. I get it. But it wasn't not necessarily a bad point. It's not points that haven't been made before. We talked about Greg Olson and what he said a couple weeks ago when speaking to Joe Person from The Athletic and saying, hey, like the best thing they should do is just build around Sam and get the best team around them. And Scott Fitter has said this before. It's like, we have to give Sam Darnold a chance. I don't believe in Sam Darnold. But for me, I'm wanting to make this organization and this roster the most attractive it can be in 2023. The Carolina Panthers are not going to win a Super Bowl next year. They're not winning a Super Bowl. Maybe something crazy happens where they're able to get a top-notch quarterback. They sign the right free agents. But even still, there's other holes that need to be filled. And I just don't think this is a roster that's going to win the Super Bowl next year. Maybe I'm not trying to sit here and say, hey, the season's going to be doomed here on February 22nd. But I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl. So if they're not going to win a Super Bowl, then why not position yourself? That's part of the build and why they should have been doing things the right way instead of trying to chase after quarterbacks. If you build it the right way, you put the roster together where next season – and the quarterback market's open again, and you have rookie quarterbacks that maybe you can fill in and spill, be able to win games with, like we saw in New England this past year, and potentially with San Francisco next year with Trey Lance, a young quarterback, that this roster is ready to go and can actually be a playoff team. I want to be a playoff team here in 2022. But a lot of my focus right now, unfortunately, because I feel like the organization and the fans, like you and me, are going to have to bite the bullet and just accept that this might not be the kind of season that we hope it will be, but it could be the best thing to position the organization in 2023 to bring in those top-notch free agents and especially a quarterback. So moving forward, they are ready to go. Because again, New Orleans, we'll see what happens with them at quarterback. Same thing with Tampa, Atlanta. <laughs> Come on, it's Atlanta. So yeah, Sam Darnold, not the answer long-term. But there is a scenario. We're bringing him back and then focusing on every other position on this roster. Might be the best thing for the Carolina Panthers to do in 2022. Will it get you excited? Maybe not. But does it set them up best for the future, which they should have been focusing on the whole time since Rule got here? Yeah, I think it might. Okay, so if they're going to do that, they're going to need to find a left tackle. We talk about left tackles. We talk about the draft prospects. Iki Aquanu, Charlotte area guy, went to NC State. Talk about Charles Cross, Mississippi State. Evan Neal from Alabama. But I'm someone who wants a veteran. Let's talk about some of the veteran free agent left tackles the Carolina Panthers could pursue in a couple weeks here in free agency in just a moment. 
Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey boxing and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts this lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but I'll be honest I haven't been consistent that is until I found home chef home chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, so the Carolina Panthers, they need a left tackle. We know that. They went the rent to tackle in year one up for Matt Rule of Matt Rule 2020 with Russell Wilkinson, who I call the rent to tackle if you guys are new to the show. And then last year, <laughs> whew, on the first day of free agency, they signed Cam Irving, who flamed out in Cleveland, Kansas City, and Dallas to be the starting left tackle this year. Cam Irving talked about how he was going to take advantage of the opportunity and this and that, and he was barely healthy. And when he was healthy, well, Cam Irving performed the way he's performed his entire NFL career. Same Cam Irving who said, you know, fans who criticized me if they saw me in the street would want an autograph. No, Cam Irving. Bless your heart, buddy. Ain't nobody wants your autograph. But moving on, the Carolina Panthers need a left tackle this season, and I'm not willing to sit here and wait for a rookie to be the left tackle. Last year, y'all heard it. If you listen to the show, I was saying, Penesul or Ryan. We'd have gone down to Romeo Bearden Park, set it on fire, got out and picked it outside of Men Street if they did not draft Penesul. But unfortunately, Detroit Lions took him off our hands. He played right tackle this past year, and he's not a Carolina Panther, and it breaks my heart every single day because I absolutely loved Panay Sewell and what he could have done for the Carolina Panthers. They did not like Rashawn Slater. At least they didn't value him as a left tackle, saw him more as a guard, and that turned out to be a mistake. Now with James Campen here, who has a track record of developing mid-round picks, like third and fourth and fifth rounders into pro bowlers, and also knowing what a good offensive lineman looks like, maybe the Carolina Panthers can avoid that same kind of mistake with a guy like Iki Okwanu. But I don't want them to wait until April to go find their next left tackle. I want to go find a proven commodity. Look at the Los Angeles Rams. What do they win the Super Bowl by doing? Not with draft picks. They gave up draft picks, especially first-rounders, to go get proven players that helped them win a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford was the final piece of that puzzle at quarterback. That's what they want the Carolina Panthers to do. Whether Darnold comes back or not, they need to go out there and sign a left tackle. Now, the Athletic a couple weeks ago had their top 75 free agents out there in the NFL, and a lot of those were offensive tackles, left tackles specifically. And I've looked at this list. I've looked at a list I have here, just kind of in my notes right here on my phone. Um, Orlando Brown Jr., 
He's 26 years old. And it's interesting because we talked about being in on every deal with Scott Fitterer. Last year, this was a deal we had a conversation about with the Carolina Panthers, especially around the draft, should have been in on it. With Orlando Brown Jr., who got to play left tackle in 2020 for the Baltimore Ravens when Ronnie Stanley, the starting left tackle there in Baltimore, went down with a knee injury. And Orlando Brown Jr. went from right tackle to left tackle. After that, he said, I'm a left tackle. That's what his dad played. I want to be a left tackle. He understands that's where the money's at. Even though, as we've seen over the last couple seasons, especially this past offseason, Ryan Ramchick down in New Orleans and, of course, Deborah Moten here in Carolina, doesn't really matter what side of the offensive line that you play at with tackle because there's edge rushers coming from each edge and you need to have good tackles on your offensive line. But Orlando Brown Jr. is someone I thought the Carolina Panthers absolutely should have been on, on last year, but they did not give up those assets. Like instead of getting a Sam Darnold, get that guy. But they didn't do that. Kansas City gets him in their rebuilt offensive line and helped them get to the AFC title game for the fourth year in a row and kept Patrick Mahomes upright and not injured. The problem with Orlando Brown Jr. is he's going to cost a lot of money and he's likely to get franchise tag, which actually starts today until March 8th, I believe, in the National Football League where you can start franchise tagging to players. I don't really see him coming to Carolina. Now, Teron Armstead, who is of the New Orleans Saints, he's a free agent. He's 30 right now, going to be 31 when the season starts. He's someone I actually like a lot. Whenever he's healthy, which he's had some injury issues the last couple of years with the Saints, he is one of the best tackles in the National Football League. Now, here's the problem, though. According to Spotrack, which is the contract website, you can go look at salary cap for all the league, all the teams in the league and every league in, in um, the NBA. You can look at the NBA or sorry, I said NBA already twice. NHL, you can look at all that contract numbers, but they do a great job breaking down how things look like in the National Football League. His market value, according to Spotrack, is a $23.9 million per year deal. Four years, $95.8 million contract. That's what they think Teron Armstead should get from whatever team signs him to free agency. Can if Carolina Panthers afford to do that? Scott Fitter said they're going to have to get creative and trying to figure out how they can fit these numbers in a salary cap. I don't know if they can fit that number. Like they're going to have to give them a massive signing bonus. That's why that's how you can circumvent the salary cap at least for a year. New Orleans has continued to do that. I'm sure they're going to try and do the same thing with Armstead. You have to wonder after already signing Ramchick, the right tackle to a massive deal, can they afford to do that? Same question here in Carolina. You signed Taylor Moten to a massive deal. Can you afford to do the same thing when bringing over left tackle? I don't know. He's still 31, not too old. We've already seen with older players been being fine. Now, Cam Robinson might be one that makes a little bit more sense. He's a free agent from Jacksonville, former first-round pick out of Alabama. He's had some injury issues, but for the most part, he's started 61 games out of 61 games that he's played, started all 16 games this rookie year. He's been a starter the whole time. Pro football focus this past season, um, he only allowed one sack over 573 pass-blocking snaps. That's really good. Yeah, he's had his ups and downs. The Jaguars didn't want to invest him in long-term. At least they have not yet. Yeah, he's worth it. 26, young. I think he's worth the risk. Now, his market value, $16.8 million per year, which is less than Moten. Four years, $67.3 million contract. Something that's a little bit more palatable than the 23.9 that you have to give, potentially, to Teron Armstead. Eric Fisher, he's also someone. A common theme here. Injury issues, but former first overall pick. Out of Central Michigan a couple years ago for the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl winner. He's been a multi-time Pro Bowler. Tore Achilles towards the end of the 2020 season. Missed that Super Bowl, which is in part why Patrick Mahomes was getting beat up by the Buccaneers in that game. Was signed by the Colts last year. About $8.8 million contract. Started 15 games. Was a better run blocker than pass blocker. Uh, gave up seven sacks and 11 quarterback hits last season. Not enticing, but it's a position of need. And he's proven that he can at least be capable, and he's been a pro bowler, so maybe that's something to look at. Trent Brown, 
he has played in just 14 games of the last two seasons with the with the Raiders. Then he got traded to New England where he first started out with Bill Belichick. He's 29. When he's healthy, he performs. The problem is, when is he healthy? Now, it's football. A lot of guys are going to be injured. It's an unfortunate position where you can get rolled up on, and there you go. You're out for a couple weeks. Dwayne Brown was another one of the top 75 left tackles or free agents that they brought up that play left tackle. Has not missed a start. Here's the thing. He's durable. He's 37 years old, though. Has not missed a start the past two seasons. He's only missed four games the past four seasons, all of those coming back in 2019. He has proven, at least not just him, but Andrew Whitworth, who I believe is going to retire from the Los Angeles Rams, just be just won the Super Bowl last Sunday. He is someone at the age of 40 who started at left tackle in the Super Bowl and had success. Yeah, he's had a little bit of minor things, but nothing major since he got to L.A. after spending most of his career at Cincinnati Bengals. Norwell, not Norwell, but um, Whitworth has proven that older players – can hold up and be good enough for you. So it's a gamble, absolutely, to ask Dwayne Brown. But because he's been healthy, it makes you want to do that more so than when they brought in Okung, and they traded away, and that gave him the cap space with the Trey Turner deal to go to the Chargers. It gave him cap space, which I understand is valuable. How did they use it properly? Now, that's the question you can ask yourself, certainly. You can criticize and scrutinize, but it did not work out because he was never healthy, had the blood clot issue. Dwayne Brown, at that age, not a problem. My top choice is obviously Teron Armstead. If we're really looking at it and just trying to figure out how they can actually fit that number into the salary cap, might make the most sense that they're going to go out there and get a proven commodity. It might be Cam Robinson, 26 years old. I don't know. There's there's options, absolutely, for the Carolina Panthers. Now, the problem always circles back to you're paying a quarterback who's not a starting quarterback, $18.858 million against the salary cap this year, and that is unfortunate. But there might be another player the Carolina Panthers might be able to fit into their salary cap as they're starting left tackle in 2022. And he plays in Houston. Now he's not the quarterback you're thinking about. He actually plays left tackle there. Could that be the answer for the Carolina Panthers here in 2022? We'll get into all that here in just a moment. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of bakes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person on the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand or warehouse happens to carry? You have computers have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Yes, I'm talking about your smartphone, folks. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can eat from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So then we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, say you don't like the options I just brought up there. 
for you when it comes to the left tackle market. Maybe you're not a fan of Armstead. He's always oh, a saint. Maybe I don't want him. I mean, you probably should want him because he's really good. But he's going to be 31 when the season starts. Cam Robinson's had his moments. Never been a pro bowler, but he's played a decent amount. He's a young player. Could be coming into his own. So we'll see. But Jacksonville, you would think, for Trevor Lawrence there, they would want to protect him and re-sign his left tackle. But it does not look like that's going to be the case. Eric Fisher. He's been a pro bowler, but uh, I mean, I feel like most of the time when he's been in Kansas City as a number one overall pick, he never really lived up to it. And there's a lot of guys that come in one overall pick who don't really live up to it. You look at the quarterback market out there. Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. Awesome. Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. Not awesome. He's not bad, but he's not awesome. And Alex Smith was a good player throughout his career, but really never lived up to the number one overall pick billing, especially when you compare him to other guys in his draft class, namely Aaron Rodgers, who have had better careers and, well, in Rodgers' case, a Hall of Fame career. So maybe you don't love the options I put out there, and you'd rather get a rookie tackle. And I understand, hey, especially if you're going to get a player who's older in their 30s, like uh, we talked about Dwayne Brown, I would rather have a younger player. My whole thing is I just want it to be solved. I don't want to go into the draft having to hope that the right tackle is there available at six because there's a possibility that, I mean, Neil's not going to be there at six. Let's just be honest with ourselves. People ask me all the time in the Friday mailbag and just tweet at me on Twitter, whatever. There's like, I don't think it's going to happen. Neil's not going to be available. But if he's there, they're going to take him. I know on good authority that if he's there at six, he will be a Carolina Panther. Aquano, again, they look at him more as a guard. I mean, that last year, Slater, kind of the same thing. Aquano's a road grader. If you watch NC State, they ran left all season long behind that big boy. He is good. But Mel Kuyper Jr., like last year when he had Rashawn Slater as his number one guard, same thing with Aquano, number one guard. How do the Carolina Panthers evaluate him? Maybe things have changed with James Campanier. I wouldn't put it past them to look at him as a guard again. And it, like last season, they're not going to draft a guard that high if that's how they have him graded out. But again, we will see how things play out in the Charles Cross. Really good numbers. Pass blocking for Mississippi State. Air raid offense with Mike Leach down in Stark Vegas. Could be good. But we'll see. It's not ever a sure thing that these guys are going to come in and be an instant impact player and play the level that you want. And you're going against really good pass rushers. And now, not to say in the SEC, obviously, Evan, Evan Neal, Alabama, Charles Cross, same thing in Mississippi State. They go up against the best. And there's good players in the ACC, too, of Aquano. So it's not like they're going to have, it's not like they're ever going to have seen an athlete before, but this is a whole different ball game week in and week out when you're going up against some of the best pass rushers in all of football every single week. So I don't know if I want to let depend on a rookie left tackle to do that. And I get it. Slater had a great year, but there's also been examples like Eric Fisher, like um, Garrett Bowles in Denver, who struggled early on in their career. Can the Carolina Panthers afford to do that next season? I don't know, but there might be another option who is a veteran, and who could be available. Lance Zerline of NFL.com. He's an NFL draft analyst. He's also a radio host down at ESPN 97.5 in Houston, host of On the Bench. Had Mike Giannitti, who is the executive editor of Spotrack, the contract website we were just talking about. We're taking a look at the market value and some of the numbers there for the upcoming free agent left tackles here this season. There was a question that he asked him about Laramie Tunsil and also Deshaun Watson and what their trade value might be, where Janetti said to Lance Erline, the Watson trade, the Tunsil trade, and probably a Brandon Cooks trade kind of looks inevitable right now. So a trade, the Houston Texans, who are, I don't know what they're doing down there. They fired David Culley after a season because he was only supposed to be a placeholder, wanted to hire Josh McCown. 
But the rest of the NFL is like, uh, you can't do that. Look at the Brian Flores suit. And also, it's not just like a race thing. It's everybody who's a coach, period. You can't hire Josh McCown, former Myers Park High School wide receiver coach, by the way. You can't hire Josh McCown to be your head coach when he's never been a, a coach at the collegiate level or the pro level and ignore everybody, whether they're white, black, brown, it doesn't matter. You can't hire him over those people who have worked their entire careers to be a head coach. So they did not do that, end up on Lovey Smith. And I don't know what the deal is down in Houston, but things are weird. Deshaun Watson, despite being eligible to play this past year, did not play at all with all the lawsuits that he's having to deal with and the deposition that's getting backed up. And that might not be settled now until April 1st, which is only going to delay his possibility of being able to play in the NFL next year. And we'll see how, if there was any sort of discipline at all. You got that. I mean, they got cooks. It was just an island of misfit toys last year with all the free agents that they had signed who were veteran guys who went down there to Houston. And they won more games than we thought. And Davis Mills actually looks like he could be maybe the second best quarterback of the 2021 quarterback class. We'll see how things play out. But I don't know what they're doing down in Houston. But if they want to get rid of Laramie Tunsil, who they traded all those picks to Miami for back when Bill O'Brien was the head coach and also operating as a GM, as we found out, is not a good idea. Um. David Tepper, it's kind of happening here. I know you have a real GM, but your head coach has a little bit too much power. And according to reports a couple weeks ago from Walter Football, it was on a power trip. Not good. So we know that doesn't really work out. But they want to trade Laramie Tunsil. I am all about it. I don't care about the gas mask thing that happened on draft night a couple years ago. I quite frankly thought it was a little bit hilarious. And also, like, that's kind of sad that he has to go through this on one of the biggest nights of his entire life. But he's worked past it. He's never had any issues outside of that. I was really impressed when he got traded to go to the Houston Texans. How I know it's a little, it's a media thing, but he every time someone in media locally there in Houston asked him a question, he was a little scrum. He's like, "What's your name?" Got all their names. Got where they report from. Personal connection, relationship. I like that kind of stuff. And I've liked Tunsil since he's been at Ole Miss. The dude is a stud, and he's been a two-time Pro Bowler. He is only twenty-seven right now. He'll be twenty-eight when the season starts. Has his birthday in August. I would take him in a heartbeat. And the Texans trade him. The Panthers have to take on a $16.6 million cap hit. That's very similar to the market value that they have on Spotrack, that is, for Cam Robinson at $16.8 million per year. And Tunzel's a better player. You got two years. You got $16.6 million you got to take on a cap hit next season. And the year after, it would be about $26 million. And for whatever reason, if they thought like, oh, he's not good enough for him for us, you could actually, the Panthers could save $18.5 million by releasing him, but they'd have an $8 million dead cap hit, which I don't think they would want to do. If you bring in Larry Tunsil, you got that position solved for next season, and you're going to eventually, probably not this offseason, but maybe in next offseason when he's heading to the final year of his deal in 2023, you would assign him to another four, potentially five-year extension until his early to mid-30s, and the problem is solved here in Carolina. Scott Fitter says, in on every deal. Scott Fitter, get in on this deal, buddy. Because we need Larry Tunsil here in Carolina. Sam Darnold, if he's a starting quarterback, needs him. Whoever becomes starting quarterback next year, Garoppolo, Cousins, Rodgers in a fantasy mystery world, Wilson, I don't know. But they need a left tackle here. I don't want to wait till the draft. If Larry Tunsil's available, go get him and bring that big old boy down here to Charlotte, North Carolina, so we can fix this problem. All right, that's going to end it here for me on this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
again, here's truly Julian Council. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council every Friday. I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. And make sure you can either at or DM me to get those questions into me. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And you can also check us out on Spotify. And of course, if you're watching, you can watch the show here on YouTube every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Make sure to do that. And make sure you're locked on Panthers and click the subscribe button. It's the blue one. There's a locked on Florida Panthers, which is red. If you're a Checkers fan, like I brought up a couple times, you can go click on that if you want to hear what's going on with the former Checker players going up to the NHL. But really, I want you to be here on Locked On Panthers. So click on the blue one, subscribe. We already got to 100 subscribers so far. Let's keep getting that number up. And let's make sure that more people can find the show here on YouTube. So again, thanks for listening to the show. Take care, be safe, and I will talk to y'all on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.